the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. More resources available online at jennifer-jackson.org. This is Simply for Women. Hey, this is Jennifer here, and today we want to simply be, to simply be with God, let Him work in our hearts, in our lives, and I have a special guest today. Her name is Nicole Bromley, and I'm amazed. She's authored the book Hush, Breathe, Soar. She is an activist for the group One Voice, which she founded, and she speaks on colleges, college campuses everywhere. Nicole is a survivor of sexual abuse as a child, and she fights today. She fights for others to survive. She fights against human trafficking and so many things. So welcome, welcome, Nicole. We are really glad to have you back today. Hey, me too. So we were in the midst of your story yesterday, Mm -hmm. and we were talking about all that happened from age 4 to 14, Mm -hmm. the lies um, that were told with abuse. And Mm -hmm. do you want to continue down that path, maybe just pick up where we left off? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we were talking about how I finally found the courage to tell after 10 years of Mm -hmm. abuse to my mom. And my mom believed me, which I mentioned is not real common. I'm very grateful um, that my mom believed me. And did something about it, mm-hmm. reported it. And, um, you know, that was a really scary time because all the perfection of my life was just shattered. I felt like in that mm-hmm. moment that I found my voice. And I was worried about the future, to be honest with you. Um, but as I look back, I know that was the first step for me. The mm-hmm. first step to healing was finding my voice, telling it. my secret to somebody I could trust. And thankfully, I had someone who validated it, believed it, mm-hmm. and told me she would fight for me, too. Um, unfortunately, a week after I told, my stepfather took his life. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that again became another wound Ooh. to heal from. Um, however... It was also a real turning point for me. Um, I wanted at that point, and I actually out loud vowed, I'm never going to tell anyone again. Mm. I felt like, you know, all the courage I had mustered was just thrown out. I wanted to see justice, mm-hmm. and that was hard for me. Um, so a full year had gone by. I kept my vow. I didn't even tell my best friend the truth of what had mm. happened. I didn't. No one knew about the abuse. My mom shouldered the blame in our community and, um, you know, said he took his life because she was going to leave him. And so kind of protected me for a while. But a year went by and I was 15 years old and I was invited to a church camp. And I remember the last day of camp, they had this time of like open mic where anyone could come Mm. up and share something, you know, that happened that week. I remember one girl got up and talked about the boyfriend she found at camp. I was like, wow, that's really exciting for you. (laughs) Here's my story. (laughs) And I ended yeah. up telling. Um, on open mic. Open mic in front of mm. a couple hundred teens. Wow. And yeah, I immediately regretted it. Everyone just looked at me blank stares and I was like, wow, what did I just do? But this was the time, Jennifer, when we did pen pals. Do you remember pen pals? <laughs> right. <laughs> we wrote with pen and paper and I went home and I started getting letters from other teens at this camp mm. and they were telling me their stories. Mm. 
you know, thank you, Nicole, for your honesty. I thought I was the only one. I too have been sexually abused or I am so being, many. You, there were so many Jennifer. And it was like for years, I thought I was the only one mm. and definitely the only one in a setting like a church camp. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, and so getting those letters was a real eye opening point for me. But also I will never forget opening my Bible that same week. I was sitting on my bedroom floor. I had all these letters all around me on the floor and I was reading them and I opened my Bible and I did the thing that my pastor says, don't ever do pick out a verse. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and I did that though. And it was second Corinthians one, three and four. It says, praise be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of compassion and the God of comfort. He comforts us in our troubles. Mm. So we can comfort others in any trouble with the same comfort we've received from God. And I knew like, wow, he gave you that verse. I felt like it. Yes, Yes, I I really believe that that was like, Nicole, you have gone through hell and um, you've come out of it Mm. and others can lean on you if you will continue to be a voice. And you can comfort them. And so I started writing back and forth with these other survivors and comforting them with the little comfort I was just receiving as a teen. Yeah. And it became this small little ministry of like, if I can, well, I've always said pain puts us into hiding Mm -hmm. and purpose calls us out. Mm. And I felt like those letters were the way that I was stepping out and, and using, you know, purpose out of my pain. And it's just continued today, you know, years and years of that. So is it important that when you do finally share that somebody believes you? What, it, what mm-hmm. if you were on the, you know, that she was on the other foot and, <laughs> and someone is telling somebody this, how important is it that you say, I hear you, I see you, I believe you? Mm, I can't even, I mean, the importance is so huge it is the biggest there is because oftentimes you know i work with survivors every day for for two decades i've been working with survivors and so many of them will say that the wound of not being believed can feel bigger than the abuse itself sure so Mm -hmm. having that safe place i'd love to tell you about a teacher at my school yeah tell me okay so after I'd gotten back from that church camp and I was starting to find my voice, I wanted to um, kind of have people that I could even lean on. And I remembered my my music teacher had come to my stepdad's funeral. Mm. And that spoke so loudly to me. You know, she wasn't there to gossip or get information. She was just there because she For wanted you. yes, she wanted to support me. And she had no idea what had gone on or anything. She just showed up. And you know, there's so much power in showing up for people. Just be there. Mm-hmm. Just and funerals are mandatory. That's, <laughs> That's what exactly I exactly right. Funerals yeah. are really important. They are. They are. And just being there, you don't have to have answers. You don't have to say anything. That's right. Just show up. And so that meant a lot to me. And I went back to school that fall, and um, I went to her and I said, you know what? It meant a lot that you came to the funeral, and I wanted to tell you the truth of why my stepfather mm-hmm. took his life. And she said, you can meet me after school, and I did. And Everything that an abuse survivor will believe so many things and the biggest things need to dispel that they're not going to believe me. Mm-hmm. They're going to think it was my fault that I had asked for it. Sure. Um, they're going to look at me different, pity me, mm. and it's going to change our whole relationship. Mm-hmm. So we need those things dispelled immediately. And that's what happened in that meeting with that teacher, Mrs. Bell. She said, Nicole, I believe you. 
It wasn't your fault. You couldn't have asked for it. You needed it. didn't deserve it. Mm. She said, and you know what? I care about you even more. This doesn't change anything. And I'm here to listen whenever you need to talk. And That's she was. Wonderful. It was amazing. And mm. it seems so simple, you know? Um, but we just don't do that. We don't take the extra step. We don't allow ourselves to give people space to be able to talk about their pain because we so want to just fix it and mm-hmm. give them solutions. But people in pain don't need answers. They just need to be heard and loved. To listen is to love. And she made it safe. I think there's something mm-hmm. important about saying this is a safe space. I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to give you advice. Yeah. I'm here to just say you are valuable. Mm. Absolutely. I love that she did that. Mm -hmm. I think all of us can learn from her and say, I want to be that for somebody. I think so, too. What about reporting? You know, I know for me in my job, I'm a mandated reporter Mm -hmm. and I've made many of those calls actually in 22 Mm -hmm. years. And I've tried to be that safe space for the girls. What do you feel about reporting? Mm -hmm. I think it's just so necessary. Is it always important? Is there ever, Mm -hmm. I guess, is there ever a reason not to report? Mm. I don't think so. I mean, in some situations, maybe you, if you felt comfortable to go to the non-offending parent and um, give them the power and empower them to mm-hmm. make the report. But if they don't, then you have to. You have to. Yeah, mm-hmm. you have to. And a lot of times, you know, one report isn't going to do everything. But if there are many that come forward, you're part of that solution of, of, of stopping abuse. Yeah. You know, we cannot continue to let it go on. One of the things I've told young people is I said, now, if they'll start sharing a story and I'll say, okay, well, wait just a second. I just need you to know that I am a mandated reporter and I want you to tell me this, but I am going to have to make a phone call. Mm -hmm. And I've been shocked that that they're like, okay, Mm -hmm. I've never had a kid or a teen say, no, no, don't, I'm not, let's not finish this conversation. Mm. I think they, they're looking for someone. Well, once you've kind of gotten over that hump of finally saying it to somebody it's like oh it's out there now i just really want somebody to do the right thing yeah it's like you know we're depending on adults i can't tell you the number of times before 14 that i was hinting to my teachers Mm. and no one picked picked up on it or if they did they were too scared to make the report or ask the question and yeah i remember in fifth grade there was um like a cartoon that they showed at school about sexual abuse. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's what's happening in my home. It can't be true. It can't be that horrible. Like my stepdad's so great. Everybody loves him. He's just doing the right thing. But, but I couldn't get over the fact that it seemed wrong. And I remember I ditched to the very front of the line where my teacher was standing. And I said, Mrs. Weaver, I really want to tell you something, but I don't want to tell you today. I'm going to write about it in my journal. And I made up some like super corny poem in my journal mm-hmm. just to make it so obvious that like this is not what I wanted to tell you because mm-hmm. I wanted her to come to me. I yeah. thought it's so obvious, mm-hmm. but she never did. And I went through the next four years wow. of abuse. Yeah, You know, the children, we have to listen to them, be extra sensitive to them. And they're, they're maybe trying to get us a message, That's especially right. the younger ones, mm-hmm. because they may not even have the words to express no, how they feel. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, you all have been listening to Nicole Bromley, where she's from One Voice and talking about, you know, sexual abuse. And, you know, there is hope and there are things that we can do about it. 
I'm Jennifer Jackson. This is Simply for Women. I hope that you will tune in next time because we're going to continue this conversation. And if you want to learn more about Simply for Women, go to jennifer-jackson.org. That's jennifer-jackson.org. We want to hear your story and we have a place for you. We want to pray with you and for you. So join us. that today's show has been a blessing to you as you seek to simply live out your faith. To hear today's show again or to share it with a friend, search Simply for Women wherever you get your podcasts or visit Jennifer's website at jennifer-jackson.org. That's jennifer-jackson.org. Thanks for joining us on Simply for Women. Take time today to simply be, simply be with God. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.